we will make this quick because we know your time is valuable. The Dairy Strong Conference is January 16th through the 18th in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a new location. And we'd love to see you there. You can learn more at dairystrong.org. You, your farm, and your future matter to us. Welcome to Dairy Stream, a podcast focusing on opportunities and challenges impacting the future of dairy. This podcast is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations fighting for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Joanna Guza. When we say AI in this episode, we're talking about artificial intelligence. I'm joined with two dairy farmers that will share how they use AI on the farm and their experiences. Our guests are Nathan Branty is the dairy herd manager at Four Cubs Dairy, where they milk 980 cows with 16 Lely robots in a retrofitted freestyle barn. Nathan's role is managing the cow side of the operation and utilizing the data that AI helps sort on the dairy. We also have Mitch Breinig. He is the owner of Mystic Valley Dairy, where they milk 450 cows in a double 14 parallel parlor. Mitch manages the day-to-day and oversees the AI on the farm. So to kick off our conversation, Mitch, I'll have you go first. What technology do you have on the farm that generates data? So we actually have a lot of data generating things on the farm. We have SCR collars to measure rumination and activity on our cows. We have a fully functional parlor measuring milk weights. We have uh, the TMR tracker that measures, um, you know, brings in information from the feed truck and gets that on the computer. And then we also have a brand new feed robot pusher. So that's a new technology that we just put in this year. Right. I'm always impressed by the sophistication of dairy farms. Nathan, what's happening at Four Cubs Dairy with the technology that you have that generates data? So at our farm, we have 16 Lely robots that we've been milking with for five years. Alongside those robots, we have activity and rumination collars on our, on our cows. We also have feed supervisor and truck supervisor for tracking feed data. And we also do genomic testing. So um, we've been genomic testing since that first came out. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of data we're, we're gathering and, and uh, always fun to sort through. Right. And when we hear people talking about artificial intelligence, it's helping manage that data so that you guys can be best be utilizing it. Mitch, when did your farm implement AI on the farm? This has kind of been a passion of mine for several years. It really went back to when we switched to tankers on the farm versus the daily bulk tank pickup because, you know, we were pretty smart. We could figure out if we had a bulk tank pickup every day, that was 42,000 pounds of milk and we milked 400 cows. That was our milk production for the day, right? And when we switched to tankers, you know, my cows weren't smart enough to fill a tanker in 24 hours. And so we'd ship a load three days in a row. And then the fourth day we wouldn't ship a load because, you know, that's just how it worked. And then just going back and figuring out that data from just simply the milk production was really tough. And so we worked with a couple different platforms to sort of absorb all that data and get it, you know, so, so we're bringing in the BOMATIC data, we're bringing in the TMR tracker data, we're bringing in the actual components coming back from Grande for the loads of milk that we're selling. And we're integrating that all into a platform so we can look at a dashboard to measure our 
income over feed cost and production across pens and stuff. And so it, it really took a lot to get that integrated. Right. You guys are seriously looking at like nickels and dimes of what you're spending and utilizing on the farm. Nathan, when did your farm implement AI on the farm? With the robots, um, there have been some upgrades that, you know, AI is basically notifying us of cows that have uh, possible health events. And so we do have that. But the bigger one we implemented here about four months ago, we installed a platform that is pulling all that data from dairy comp, from our feed software, the, the robots, and we're able to make better decisions. And overall, our goal as a dairy farmer is to keep things consistent on our operations and kind of sorting through the noise of what goes on on a dairy farm and keeping things as consistent as possible. Um, utilizing that AI information to basically let us know, was that change, did that align with where our goals are for the farm? And is it improving on the momentum of our production? So yeah, just uh, four months ago, it's been fun to learn that and, and get that rolling. Four months ago. I mean, this is really new. And Mitch, I don't know if I caught when you implemented the AI. We've kind of done several different platforms. We have a new one we've been trying here in the last four months as well. But before that, we were working actually with the University of Wisconsin and their Dairy Brain project hmm. and uh, getting that with the information, you know, all the one place because that's the big thing. And, and it really gets to be a challenge because, you know, you can have it working perfect today. And if one of the companies or programs that you're working with changes their format of their output, you know, then all of a sudden everything moves over the Excel spreadsheet one line and it doesn't absorb it right data has to be clean and good to make decisions on and there's so much of it that you really have to you know part of the job of of generating the data and analyzing the data is you know sort of giving it the check mark of approval like yes this is good data it's got all the data we need in it or saying yeah this doesn't really make sense so once you have good data then you can make decisions and in the second part of Dairy Stream, we're going to dive into some of those challenges that you guys have experienced with artificial intelligence. Now, Mitch, I'd like to get your perspective first, and then Nathan, you as well. If you guys could just give us like the basic, how did you implement it on the farm? So, you know, we, we have all these programs that don't talk to each other, and they're proprietary, and they don't want to sort of give you the key to the back door to let you know how to get into <laughs> it. And I guess just being persistent of saying, you know, it's my data. I want to be able to use my data and allow us to export it in a file somewhere that we can look, you know, get it somewhere. And so, you know, basically we've been looking at kind of over that time, like I say, 2014 is when we switched to tankers. And I just felt like I could have done that data at home on my computer with a spreadsheet. But if I would have done it, you know, we were going to be harvesting corn or we were going to be doing something else. And three weeks later, I do. I could go back and look at it and say, oh, wow, that was really something I probably should have known three weeks ago. And real-time data analysis is, is what we really need because we're really good in, at looking backwards and saying what happened. We're really good at projecting forward and having assumptions and saying, this is what we think is going to happen. But in real-time, we don't really know what happened. And so having that data that we can look in real-time, I mean, that's just the key to being a successful dairy farm and being able to make cutting edge decisions. And Nathan, how did your farm implement it? Yeah, just like Mitch said, um, getting different platforms to talk together. Some are more organized with data than others and the shareable format 
you know, some companies it's easier to get that data and integrate it. So we've worked with other companies, all the different software that we have on the farm and the platform we're using, their team kind of pulls everything together and they get it all sorted out where in the past, I was the one sorting it out, making spreadsheets, writing events down, trying to track things. And it's taken something off my plate, being able to utilize my time, maybe in a different area. And, uh, and like Mitch said, yeah, from one week to another, you're busy, different projects come up and you might take a couple of weeks to re-enter stuff and, and look at it where this is real time. You can actually make real-time decisions of like, was that the right investment at that time and did it pay? So where in the past, this is where I can go to the owners of the farm and say, we implemented this ration. We saw the production, it feed efficiency improved. Where in the past, you know, it, it was, it was kind of more of an emotional thing. You'd put it on the calendar, say we did that change and you'd be like, I think, yeah, I think that that ingredient made a difference, but really you had so much other noise to sort through that it was hard to make those actual concrete. This is the numbers. This is the data. It did make that difference. So it's been a, it's been fun to implement. And just for like our listeners to understand, this is all being done on the computer, right? So you're taking from all the, the technology that you have on the farm and it's bringing it to one system. And are you running mainly on your computer or is it on your cell phone? Where do you guys utilize and get that information? It's all on our computer. Right now, I know we do get emails, kind of a weekly overview of what's happened, snapshots. You know, AI kind of tells us a few things that they picked up in the background, maybe that I wouldn't have been able to find, or sorted through the data to find. So, yeah, it's all computer-driven. Yeah, and for us, it's computer-driven. Um, sometimes the the format on the, the cell phone isn't always orientation or something isn't always great, but, you know, usually the on the desktop is usually the best. And... Sometimes the data isn't done daily. Sometimes it's done weekly, depending on the platform that you're working on. But if the weekly stuff is really good, it's able to, you know, you're able to just sit down and look at it. And I think one of the other things that we haven't brought up yet that's really important is, so we have this good data. It's it's in a really good platform that's shareable. Now my nutritionist, my vet, my uh, financial person, we can all look at the same data and say, here's the data we have you know, let's infer some decisions together versus all of us kind of looking at our own little bits and pieces and trying to come up with it. So it's, it really makes a good um, conversation starter and a good, good sort of place to, you know, really work on improving your business. Right. It has everyone on the same page. That's a really good point. When it comes to like in the start of our conversation, you guys told me about all these different data technology that you have on the farm. When you're bringing them into that one software, does it all come in nice <laughs> or do you guys have to be updating it because it is either, you know, different companies and different software programs going into one? Have you seen any issues with it all funneling into that one program? So for, for me, um, one of the challenges we have is back to the tanker side. We're having a little trouble with the ingestment of the, the tanker load and putting that over the, you know, taking that 30 hours of milk and making it worth 24 and spreading it over the cow. So we, we do have a little trouble with that right now. We're working on it, but we have the Bomatic system at the farm. So I have that data and really those two need to be married to each other and we have to figure out how to how to make it come together. So that's one challenge we have, but you know, it's it usually works really good, but if you make a mistake, like I just made a mistake here a little while ago, uh, I had my 
EID numbers off by one. And if you ever want to wreck something, do that because <laughs> it, you know, and then I registered all the calves and now they come into the in light program and they're wrong. And oh, yeah. So, you know, you make you make a mistake. You can really spend a lot of time fixing. <laughs> there can be some user error. <laughs> and Nathan, from your perspective. So we do see some challenges depending on what software company, you know, there's some manual entering stuff that the the team that the company we work with on that platform, their team's actually manually entering because not all of it integrates smoothly. So there's some things we're working on there, but the data is only as good as what you put in or you know, what you're getting out of it. So if the data is not good going in, it's not going to be good coming out. As accurate of data as we have, it's going to benefit us. But there are moments like over the weekend, our creamery, I'll be sitting Monday afternoon and I'm like, where's the Where's the loads from Saturday, Sunday? I made an, I implemented a change on Friday and I really wanted to see what's happening. And, and the program's telling me one thing, but I needed to you know, confirm things. And, and sure enough, yeah, it, it swung that direction over the weekend, but I, I wanted to confirm it before I, uh, you know, said, okay, that, that was a drastic change. You know, we saw a huge milk bump, but what did it do to the overall energy corrected feed efficiency and, it's real time. It's fun to be able to sort through that. In the past, there was no way we, we were able to do that. So It's a lot of information coming at you at once. So two more questions as we wrap up this first part of Dairy Stream. What items are you tracking and how is AI helping? Mitch, I'll have you go first. We've kind of really moved to energy corrected milk and really like to look at that. In fact, we've kind of changed our dairy comp program to we really rank our cows on energy corrected milk rather than milk and then we really track income over feed cost uh, closely and we're, we're able to do that because the we have all the correct prices in our team our tracker we know how much feed we fed we know how much milk we got and so we're able to look at that you know kind of on a real-time basis and as Nathan said you know you make a feed change and was it a positive you know at the end of the day Energy corrected milk is important, but at the end of the day, income over feed costs is still probably the most important because that's how we're going to be a profitable farm. Mitch, can you just give the basic definition of what is energy corrected milk? You know, like if you have two cows and you, one gives 100 pounds of milk with a 4% butter fat and a 3-2 protein, and you compare her to a cow that's given 100 pounds of milk that's got a 2-9 butter fat and a you know 2-2 two, two protein, the, there's so much more value in that first cow because she's has so much more pounds of components in her milk. And so then, you know, she basically gets a bump in her milk production to like 108. So you can look at those two cows, one's given literally 108 and the other one's probably given 95 if you want to compare them head to head. Thank you. And then now, Nathan, what items are you tracking on the farm and how is AI helping? So we're tracking, you know, the big, big items for profitability on a dairy farm, like Mitch said, is energy corrected milk, income over feed cost, feed efficiency, all these things kind of tie together to make a farm as profitable as possible. We're analyzing those and always striving to keep building on that momentum and, and keep things consistent and trending towards our goals. That platform actually, like Mitch had said, we, we have advisors that can log in. We set game plans and goals of like, hey, you know, we want to be at 110 pounds energy corrected and Let's have that done by March. So what's going to get us there and set a game plan. And so setting goals, seeing what we need to do to get there and keeping it consistent, it helps and just kind of tracking it. 
Um, and having more eyes watching what we're doing, keeping us consistent helps. The other thing that we're tracking is we're tracking events, feed changes, like heat stress events. That was something I've never really been able to track in the past, like actually put a number on it. Where this program actually, I learned a lot this summer on, you know, we can actually put a number on what kind of temperature, humidity index it was and what the cows, what we saw from the cows, which in the past, we'd see a decrease in production. You know, cows wouldn't eat it, get warm. Well, we can maybe now use that information fo going forward. And where in the past, I didn't, I couldn't put a number on heat stress. What we're seeing from, you know, what that day temperature wise, how can we project that in the future? So that was interesting to be able to capture. But overall, we're dairy farmers always striving to be more efficient and improve on what we're doing. That's just going to overall improve sustainability and profitability. So looking at energy corrected and those kind of things are where our mind needs to be. After hearing both of you answer that question, it seems like the AI is more focused on the lactating cows. So you're not really watching your heifers or your calves. It's all mainly focused on the cows. It is for us. Absolutely. Yeah. We have the rumination collars on heifers, but we don't really look at that data very often. We're just using them for more for breeding and stuff. But I think there's, I really think there's a huge potential. We're doing lung ultrasounding on our calves now. And um, so every two weeks we're ultrasounding the calves from seven to 35 days old. And you can really find out if you've got a hole in your ventilation or your bedding or something's wrong. And if you had a way to sort of measure activity or something on those calves with, with like an ear tag, I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Right now we're mainly using it on lactating cows. That's where our biggest return on investment is going to be, obviously. But um, I think as we get more comfortable with it, we'll find ways to utilize it in other areas. Probably get into that more so in this podcast, but yeah, there's opportunity for sure in other areas. It's just, we're learning, learning our way every day. So, right. right. We're getting our feet wet. Okay. Last question for you guys. How do you analyze the data from AI and is it easy to understand? Mitch, I'll have you go first. You got to have a good dashboard or a good platform that has sort of the KPIs that you need. And if those KPIs populate correctly, it's pretty easy to understand. I would also like to add this summer, we, we also experienced some of the heat stress stuff and we never had the ability to measure heavy breathing in our cows before. And if a cow would get over a hundred minutes of heavy breathing in a day, that was like some big heat stress. And we never had the ability to measure that before. And on that really, really uh, warm three days where it was like record setting heat, we actually went to 600 minutes of heavy breathing. And if you wouldn't have been able to like sort of quantify that, you said, wow, it was really hot. But we got to see not only how hot it was, but then how quickly they recovered. So it, it was fascinating to be able to see that. Mitch, you said KPI. Can you explain what that is? A key profit indicator, I think, is okay. what KPI is. Okay. So um, it's the things that you find really important. I just, we always say KPIs. <laughs> and then Nathan, how do you analyze the data from AI and is it easy for you to understand? Yeah. So the platform we're utilizing, it, it really organizes all that data into different graphs. You can you can set different time frames, look back a month, look back six months, be able to pop up. Okay, it shows different events and what happened. It's very simple to, to read. I mean, that's the, the most time consuming part of all this data analyzing part of things is sorting through it. And so AI is kind of taking that 
burden off of our shoulders. And our the easy part is just sitting back and sorting through the graphs and the information a little further, but and drawing your insights and and trying to figure out your correlations with things. But and it's hel- it helps with that too. It's pulling information of like a week before the change and a week after this is this is the difference and you can utilize that and say okay it's averaging things out it's, t- it's telling you oh uh it was hotter the week before than it was the week after and it'll give you all that information you're not getting all this data and it's like a blank stare of wow i'm not like overstimulated or there's too much in front of me have you been able to break it down really easy and see some of those things? Or has it taken time for you to learn the program, you know, learn the process? And now it's, you can say it's easy to understand. We're, we're fast learners. We've kind of, we've had to learn technology pretty quick, you know, jumping into robots and all that other stuff. And we're always learning pretty quick on how to utilize stuff. And so it came pretty easy for us, but it's like anything. If you don't, if you don't set a strategy or a game plan of how you're going to utilize it, and you just have it on the farm sitting there not being used to its full potential, why are you investing in it kind of deal? I remember discussions with the financial advisor years ago, you know, genomic testing, are we utilizing the information? Because I had a strategy and I was utilizing it, it was like, let's let's keep using it. But if you don't use the data, why, why are you collecting it? Right. And Mitch, from your perspective, when all that information comes in, has it been easy for you to digest? Yeah, I think it has been. You know, I kind of look at We've uh, they had the old adage on a farm, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And so when you get that data, you know, now you're able to see it. But on the flip side, is it are you maybe looking at a data point that doesn't matter? Like, you know, that that's the other thing when we have all the data. Is this truly something that's important? Is it something you have the ability to to change? Or are you just looking at a data point that you've you've sort of been able to find, but it doesn't really make a difference on your farm? So, you know, Figuring out which ones are important and then really focusing on, in on those is really important. This first part of Dairy Stream focused in on how Mitch and Nathan are utilizing AI on the farm. The next section, we're going to talk about their experiences, the challenges, the game changer experiences, the future of AI and more. So make sure you stay with us. We will be right back with Dairy Stream after we hear from our sponsor. The Conectera team is on a mission to empower the dairy industry to increase productivity while reducing the impact of farming on the planet. How do we do this? We've built a platform that transforms data into intelligent digital experiences and products, solving problems for farmers, farm advisors, and companies across the dairy industry. Now, how does it work? Our industry-leading data integration capabilities and cutting-edge artificial intelligence models power an easy-to-use app and APIs. Our solutions save customers value time, empower better decision-making, and facilitate better collaboration across the value chain. Visit Conectera.ai to learn more. Dairy Stream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. In this part, we're going to talk about the experiences that Mitch at Mystic Valley and Nathan at Four Cubs is experiencing utilizing AI on their farm. Nathan, I'll have you kick off our conversation. What challenges have you experienced with the AI technology on the farm? Well, I would have to say it's it's learning how to use that platform and and implementing what we're looking at with that information that it's it's uh, generating. You know, trying to figure out and building what we want to look at, what KPIs like we talked earlier uh, are most important for us, and learning through 
what we want to look at the most and sorting through all that. So there, there's so much, so many different ways you can, you can look at things and you don't really want to go down a rabbit hole that's not going to return <laughs> the right information you're looking for. Right. I mean, just from the first part when Mitch made a comment when, you know, one data item and how you could like get so caught up on that, but it doesn't matter in, in the long run. Mitch, from your perspective, what challenges have you experienced with the AI technology? So, you know, a couple times if the technology goes down or we're not getting interfaces to work, you know, you start to rely on being able to see that data. And if you can't find it, you feel like, oh, shoot, I, I don't know what to do now, right? You know, because I'm not generating the data. And it's been usually pretty good uh, getting stuff uh, integrated back up and, and running. But we've had a couple times where, like, my milk recording thing went offline and there was something it wasn't sending data. We had to go in and, it, like, updated it upgraded the software or something, and it, it made a change the way it was sending the reports out. But kind of kind of those simple things like that. And then, you know, more or less funny, haha. We've had a couple times where, you know, this has been a while, but God, this heifer isn't cycling. We haven't bred her yet. Oh, she don't have a collar on. We're so we're 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 so focused on we only look at it that way that you know, if we didn't get a collar on her, we were like, Oh yeah, I guess that's why she's not in heat. So you know, you start to really rely on it. But that really shows really I think how successful it is too, because you don't spend a lot of time heat detecting or those kind of things anymore. Right. But I think it's important that we still need to know the basics. Like we can't totally rely on artificial intelligence because it might not always be there. So making sure that we have that background knowledge um, and know how the processes and systems work. One thing I, I feel like the dialogue around artificial intelligence, not just in the agricultural industry, but elsewhere, is that it can be wrong. Do you guys have any experiences with the the AI being wrong and maybe impacting some of your decisions? I have had a couple examples of that. And, and one being early on when the robots were trying to gather data and inform us on say a cow with ketosis, you know, it's just looking at fat and protein and we have those numbers daily on each cow. And so it, it would alert us on certain animals to look at for those events. And because of all the advancements in genetics, you know, there's some animals that really crank the uh, amount of fat and protein. And so some of those old time standards of, well, this is what you see for uh, ketosis. You know, we'd go out and look at that animal and it's like, no, she, she doesn't have ketosis, but we're still teaching it. So that it was a learning moment for us on how to do it. And then you're entering data into the program saying, no, she wasn't, or she maybe was subclinical. Maybe we checked her blood and, and found out she was subclinical, but we're still teaching it. It's young. <laughs> She's the baby at this point um, in the dairy industry. And, and even as dairy producers, we're still learning every day. So can't expect AI to pick up on it right away. But there are experiences like that, that we're still learning. Right. It's only as smart as you make it. So the more data that you're putting in or updating it, then you're teaching it to hopefully then the next time you won't have that problem. Mitch, have you had any issues with AI being wrong on the farm? probably as much as anything it's more like the the fresh cow that is you know just seems like she's on the list that there's something wrong with her and and you know maybe there's not but as the technology has improved i think we're on like our fifth generation of the tag that we're using for the the program and i would say the older tags maybe the algorithm wasn't quite right and there was more of the kind of air stuff man right now if, if there's an animal that's you know, 150 rumination, 
there's something going on with that cow. We just have to break through what it is because, you know, maybe she's got hardware or maybe she's got something. We actually had one that was, she'd eaten sand and she was full of sand, right? Yeah. Well, you can't find a DA, you can't find it, but, but it clearly was telling us that something was wrong and we just had to figure out what the problem was. Right. So maybe not all the answers are crystal clear in front of you, but you at least know that there's a problem and then you've got to try to use your problem solving skills then. So now people talk about AI being a game changer. I'm hoping you guys can share some experiences of things that you witnessed. And in the first part, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but if you have any additional experiences or if you want to go more in depth on one of the topics you brought up earlier, Nathan, I'll have you go first. Just talking on like rumination callers and activity, that's really been a game changer, I, I feel, for the industry, those technologies, being able to utilize our time and look at the cows that we need to look at. And the rest of the cows, we're just letting be cows. We don't need to, don't need to touch them, don't need to screw up their day, keep it consistent. And so we're utilizing our time, looking at the animals we need to look at, giving them the treatment they need. Uh, whether maybe she needs a pedicure, she needs a little foot trimming, or yeah, maybe she came down with some other ailment. But I can see my herdsmen when that data gets a little, little, you know, messed up from time to time, or it's not reading right because something didn't transfer. God, that rumination data really comes in handy and takes a lot of time out of trying to find the cows that are need to be looked at. So it it sorts through that data, telling us who we need to spend our time with, and and we focus our time and effort there. That's the main, I guess, one of the biggest things I've seen for sure. So Nathan, would you say it's more finding those sick cows and helping them? Or is it, has the AI just made you really, really good at taking care of your cows, like with what they're eating? And um, like your example, you gave it almost was more of like the sick animal aspect, but has AI made your cows, you know, produce more, increase components, anything in that realm of like just making them a better animal? Well, I, I think it's made us better uh, managers of all the little details it takes to to produce a pound of milk. You know, there's a lot of consistency that has to happen throughout a day to really keep these animals um, clicking at a good rate. We always look at our cows as Olympic athletes, really, and they can't have a bad day. You know, we got to make sure they got an awesome bed to lay in. We, we got a chef making breakfast, you know, for them every day that's designed by a nutritionist to the best degree. and and our job as as producers is to keep all the things consistent as possible and yeah the cows i i would say we are getting more production out of them um and i think it's genetically it's it's uh it's management and and nutrition all coming together uh with these technologies that are driving it for sure mm-hmm. mitch how has ai been a game changer on your farm nathan hit it perfectly like the less noise we have on our farm everything seems to run smoother. If you're running out of feed, if you got your dry matters not right, if you're doing all these other things um, wrong, it's going to show up in the data really quickly. And one of the things is on our collar program, they have a group consistency number now. And I kind of look at that every day. And if that number's under 10, it means like the average range of the rumination change on the cows is less than 10% across the entire herd. And I usually like that to be under five. Well, this weekend we just switched to high moisture, new high moisture corn, and we changed a bag and my number 7.86 today. So there's a little noise going on, right? <laughs> and, um, and you can see it and you can, I'm not necessarily going to react to that noise, but we know the noise is there and 
maybe we should have done a more gradual change from one to the other or something like that, where it can show you that, you know, abruptness maybe isn't the greatest strategy. I'm curious. I've heard you both mention like routine, keeping the noise down. Have you found like, do you do things at exactly certain times because of how maybe artificial intelligence has told you that, you know, feeding at 8.05 and not 8.30 will benefit the cows because of XYZ? Is timing of things taken place and, and has AI helped with that? Yeah, for for feeding, it's it's down to... You know, we're within a minute or two every day of when that first batch is dropping and just trying to be consistent of what we're putting in front of the cows every day. And we've set that precedence of how we want things done with that. And then there's other things like with robots, we, uh, cows are always in the pen. We, they're never out. So we're, we have scheduled times that we're putting sand in, freshening stalls up. And usually that's while the robots are, while they're washing and we'll come in, we'll throw a stand, we'll, we'll get them done. And and then get out of the pen and let the let the technology and and everything work uh, the way it should. So, um, you know, we do schedule things out because you know it's all got to be efficient and and in the end make the cow hopefully be as comfortable as possible. Mitch, from your perspective, anything with like the timing of things and the routine of dairy farming and how AI has helped? So I, I would say. If, if you have shortcomings, it's sometimes pretty quick to point them out. People are still people. And so we have like, uh, sometimes our weekend schedule is for family work and stuff like that gets a little bit challenged. So maybe we feed a little earlier on a Saturday. It shows us that that threw the consistency off, but at, we have to figure out what's important. Is it important to keep your employees happy that they can get back to their family or we're gonna have a little variation and hopefully you know, maybe we manage it, maybe we feed just a little bit more if we're going to feed a little earlier so that the next day we're not out of feed or, or things like that. So it so it allows you to sort of figure out how to really fine tune. But at the end of the day, sometimes we, you know, with having employees and different things that some things always don't have to work exactly how we want them to work. Right. That's a really good point because you got to be make sure those employees are happy because they're the ones that are making sure everything's turning on the farm. Last two questions for Mitch and Nathan here on Dairy Stream. And these are focused on like the future of artificial intelligence. Nathan, I'll have you go first. What do you think the future of AI will look like on the farm? And you can speak about it from your farm's perspective or in the whole dairy industry perspective. It's going to be another tool in our box of, of technologies that we're going to utilize to just keep pushing efficiencies. You know, I, I really do think that we're always striving to get better and, and get more, you know, from that same pound of feed, we're going to, we're going to get more. And uh, it's just crazy, even from two years ago to now, what the goals that farms are hitting for pounds of solids per cow and energy corrected milk. And it's like, you, you're always striving to be better. Um, and so it's just another tool in our box that we can use to drive efficiency. And I think it's going to really help. We're going to find ways to utilize it to take some maybe stress and, and uh, utilize our time better. And we'll find ways to project in the future instead of always looking back and seeing what we did to learn from it. Maybe we can project more. And I think that's where the real upside becomes is when you can start projecting out in the future and and then react that way ahead of time, I think there's going to be some great advantages there. 
Mitch, what do you think the future of AI looks like? So I, I think, like Nathan said, it's, you know, it's going to continue to get better and better. One of the things that I think um, I was going to talk about, and we just haven't really found the place to talk about, but it might be right here. So the gold standard in the 10, 15 years ago, DHI testing, right? So you're coming in and you're, you know, you're taking one milking from that cow. And now we have, most of us milk three times a day. Heck, Nathan's probably got cows to milk four times a day. And so, so we're taking that one milking for the month, but she gets milked 89 more times. But we're taking that data from that one milking and that's gonna be her components, that's gonna be her cell count, that's gonna be her milk weight for the entire month. And we make all these management decisions that get dumped in the dairy comp and that's what we know about that cow for that day. There's 89 other data points we don't know, right? And yet we're making a lot of assumptions. If we're able to bring those other 89 points into view, wow, we can manage at such a higher level. And it's so much more amazing. The sick cow or the non-performing cow or the cow that you know maybe needs to find a new career, we're gonna find her a lot quicker than with the DHI testing. You know, Who knows, maybe her unit got kicked off that day and she gave 22 pounds, right? Well, it was probably one of your best cows in the herd, but we don't know that because that was a bad data point. Right, or it was after the weekend that they got fed a little bit later and then the milk production was down. <laughs> Nathan, right. did you have something you wanted to add? I want to touch on the same thing Mitch kind of did. You know, cows are lasting longer with this technology and you got the data points. You just brought up, you know, just sampling a one-day deal. The way I manage our cows with robots and all the data we get off that, I'm actually looking at, when I look at the cows that are going to go to a different career, you know, I'm looking at energy-corrected milk and those are the cows that are leaving, and I can look at that data day by day and, and say, make the best decision on which cows need to leave, you know, that maybe aren't as profitable. But the technology's definitely made cows last longer, and overall, you know, older cows produce more. And as dairy farmers, that's our goal. We want cows on our farm as, as long as, as possible. You know, they're, they're more profitable. They're, uh, they're going to take care of us more as a return side of things. And so the, the better we can do to make cows last longer from the health standpoint, it's just going to drive profitability even, even more so. Right, the better. One thing we didn't talk about, and, and I don't know if this is a challenge, but it's it's in the ballpark of the future of AI. Do you see any issues with, you know, the future careers in dairy? Is our workforce going to keep up with understanding artificial intelligence and you know, are things supposed to be looking different for our younger people that want to get into farming and that want to use AI? I mean, one thing I think about, Mitch, you were talking about when the data went down. Well, what if someone grows up always using artificial intelligence and then they don't know the basics anymore? You know, some of those scary things of it's going to do the job for us and then we're not going to be as smart or just remember the basics, I should say. What's your thought on that? I know I didn't really ask a question, but that's something I, I think I fear when I think about we always talk about educating our younger people. Well, what's that going to look like in the future with artificial intelligence then? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because, you know, kids grow up, they got a cell phone in their hand and their homework is on the computer, like everything is just, they're so used to just using technology that if that technology isn't there, it's, you know, it's even something as silly as like uh, auto steer on your corn planter, right? If, you're, if your auto steer isn't working someday, can, can you not plant corn, right? You know, I mean, it's just all that technology is really important, but we got to be able to farm without it too, you know, so. 
we have a unique ability at Mystic Valley Dairy that if something's going to break, it's on Friday night at five o'clock or on <laughs> Christmas Day. And guess what? The people fixing stuff, they, they're not coming at Christmas Day to fix it. So we got to figure out how to get by until the next business day because that's when stuff breaks at our farm. We got the same thing going at ours too. So <laughs> it always seems to work out that way or, or, you know, day before dairy breakfast or something. But I, I think all this technology and talking about AI in the industry, it, it's going to feed and fuel the younger generation coming in. But just like you said, you still have to know the basics. You still have to learn um, from the previous generation, just as they've learned through the whole growing process of what they've dealt with on the farm and, and there, you might be having a problem, you know, on the farm that they dealt with 10 years ago before all the technology came around and you're just not seeing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And we've had those situations where it's like, oh yeah, we had that problem, you know, the, a dozen years ago and this is what we had to do. And it's like, you know, there's drift. We're human. We're, you, you got employees, there's, there's, there's drift along the way and, and you get going a different direction and you kind of have to go, okay, we go back to learning things over again from the basic side of things. Mitch, is there something else you wanted to add about, you know, concerns about the future with utilizing artificial intelligence on the farm? You get penalized for being progressive, you know, air emissions, right? You measure your air emissions and now we know what your number is. And so now we're going to use that number. You know, the person that has no idea what his rumination number is, well, you can't judge him, right? You know, does the farm program or does our processor start to look at our AI information and use that to judge how we're doing as a dairy farm. Like, does the farm program say, you know, you've only got 422 rumination minutes, um, you're going to be a second tier farm because something's wrong. I, you know, or or does, does the consumer want to know that data? Like, I don't think they do now, but do they eventually want to know that data? Right. Well, I, I appreciate both of you guys being really real and authentic with sharing your examples on the farm. Last question. What's next for your farm and its AI journey? Nathan, I'll have you go first and then Mitch, if you could share what's going on in your farm. It's definitely going to help us in the future, keeping things consistent and, and making sure I'm looking at, at the right things from a day-to-day -day management standpoint. And we're, we're going to keep building on making cows last longer and longevity. And I, I think the way we're going to do that is utilizing AI you know, my goal for that next summer, I want to see if we can improve on handling those stress events, you know, heat stress um, and project. I, I want to see if we can, with other management things in the barn, plus feed management stuff, how can we handle those heat stress events even better and make cows more comfortable and more productive? That's something I'm going to definitely push, push for in our future journey with AI is being able to project, say the weather is going to be next next week. We're looking heat index through the roof. What did we see in the past when we saw it hit that level? And what do we need to do? Let's have a strategy in place of what we need to do to combat that. And, you know, there's only so much you can do, but let's do everything we can to make our cows comfortable. So, um, and make sure that the feed's as consistent as possible during those events and all that. So, that, that's going to be a big opportunity for sure. Yeah, I would say on our farm, you know, basically just really trying to get that consistency from day to day and week to week and month to month, just really honing in on all the stuff that it's giving us. And then in turn, you know, that turning into uh, us to be a profitable business. I always think that, you know, 
I'm a smaller dairy farm compared to some of the really big farms. And if I can manage at a higher level and just be a little more on top of things, that's my difference in being able to be profitable and being able to compete with dairies that have, you know, bigger large economies of scale and stuff that I have to compete against. So I just have to be better. Right. The utilization of AI is new and so many are talking about it. So thank you again, Mitch and Nathan, for sharing your experiences with us today. If your farm is implementing new technology or an innovative idea, send me an email at podcast at dairyforward.com. I'm your host, Joanna Guza for Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback, and if there's something you'd like to hear, email us at podcast at dairyforward.com.